0: Hello and welcome, I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's Motivational Aim targets Overcoming Syllabus Hate. Thank you for taking the time to join me as I cover this series entitled The Syllabus for Life's Course. For those who are joining me for the first time, feel free to listen to the other parts of this series, but before I jump right on in, I want to provide a quick snapshot of what this series is about. This series targets in on the importance of following the most important guide and syllabus we will ever need to follow while enrolled in life's course. And that syllabus is God's word. God's word is the syllabus for our life's course. Just like an academic syllabus in the academic setting is vital for a student to follow so they can pass an academic course, the Word of God, God's syllabus, the Bible, is vital for us. We are students and children of God, and if we want to pass and elevate to the next level, stage, phase, or degree of life, we need to follow God's guide. We need to follow God's syllabus. We need to listen to and follow the directives from the men and women of God placed in our lives to facilitate the importance of following God's syllabus and sticking to it. It's serious. Throughout this series, I've provided some personal examples I've gone through and seen throughout my academic years as a student following a syllabus and I've provided some examples and occurrences throughout the years of me serving as an educator and the consequences educators and students live out when they don't stick to the syllabus for their course. As a child of God and most importantly a student of God's Word, there are some consequences we have to live out when we fail to adhere to God's syllabus and God's directives. My aim is to use examples from the classroom experiences, life experiences I've gone through when applicable to show how and why following instructions is so important. And if we're going to follow anyone's instructions anyone's God, anyone's syllabus, God's syllabus, God's word, supersedes any and all syllabi. When we follow God's syllabus, we are able to follow other leaders, other people in leadership or authority properly as we submit and lead in the areas of our lives when God gives us that title or God gives us that assignment. So, as I said earlier, if this is your first time tuning in, feel free to listen to any other episodes within this series or any other series within the Aim Towards the Target podcast, okay? Now I am going to jump right on in with this motivational aim, overcoming syllabus hate. So, what is syllabus hate? We all know what a syllabus is. For those who've been listening to this series from the jump, a syllabus serves as a guide for a student to follow or an educator to follow while enrolled in a course or while teaching a course. It is a outline or it serves as an outline. Now, from the student's vantage point, a syllabus is needed in order for that student to pass the course that they're in. And you've heard me mention it time and time again, it's important for a student to stick to the syllabus. And it's equally important for the educator, the person facilitating instruction, to stick to the syllabus. The syllabus provides the layout for the student and the teacher's expectations for their course. When a person receives a syllabus and they're looking through it, it should be a section for student outcomes or learning outcomes or student expectations and educator outcomes, educator expectations. Those expectations are obtained or received when a person follows that syllabus properly. In most cases for the student, they receive a passing grade. That's an expectation. And then they can go on from that course to the next course or phase or degree of life. And they can do that because they have insight. They have a level of expertise because they've mastered that foundational developing component or that content to build and move forward in whatever they're doing in life or. If it's the educational setting, whatever major or whatever degree they're trying to pursue or obtain. For the educator, when the educator sticks to the syllabus, they should have evidence that they followed the syllabus because in order to even teach a course, an instructor at one point in time had to be the student and follow and stick to the syllabus. And they matriculated to the next phase, stage, and degree of life. And through their life experiences, they were able to now walk in syllabus mastery, be able to teach students, and not only teach them through the demonstration of what they've pursued, what they've achieved, but when they teach students in that capacity, the students that they've taught, they are prospering so to speak. They're advancing. They're moving up, moving on, elevating. So that's an expectation that the instructor knows how to teach. They know how to address concerns. They know how to correct. They know how to implement syllabus correction, how to implement the importance of syllabus repetition, syllabus faith. And the teacher knows how to follow rules and they know how to submit under the leadership they follow so there are several things going on simultaneously but one thing that stands out is if the person enrolled in the course or enrolled in teaching the course did the teacher or the student did they follow the syllabus Did they stick to the syllabus? And we know if they did or did not, because in due time, the fruit will disclose what was going on in that course and what was not going on in that course. Okay. And we know that by the passing grade. Did somebody pass? Did somebody fail? Was somebody fired? Or did the whole class succeed under their leadership? That's the fruit. Now, that's the syllabus component. Okay? That's the syllabus definition. Now, what is hate? We know what a syllabus is. We know the aspects of a syllabus. But what is hate? Hate can be defined as extreme dislike or disgust. Another definition is to dislike intensely or passionately. Another definition for hate is to feel extreme aversion for or extreme hostility toward to detest. So let's put both of those words together. Syllabus hate. And this is my definition as it relates to the context of this motivational aim, overcoming Syllabus hate, it would be defined as the intense dislike or extreme hostility towards the plan and or guide one utilizes and follows for a particular course. That is the Dr. Kenitra Bryant definition of syllabus hate. Okay, let me say it again. Syllabus hate is the intense dislike or extreme hostility towards the plan or plans and or guide one utilizes and follows for a particular course. All right, y'all got it? Syllabus hate can go several ways. And I'm just referring to the academic learning setting real quick. Well, it might be a minute, but there are some students who go through syllabus hate in a classroom setting, in an academic learning environment. There are some students who go through syllabus hate. These students or those students, they're the ones who are enrolled in the course and they have an extreme intense dislike for the guide provided for them to stick to in order to pass a course, okay, you have those. Then you have a group of people who are not even enrolled in a course. They probably frequent the educational institution or the learning environment where courses are taking place, but they're not enrolled in a particular course, but and they don't even have the teacher for that course. They just know people who go there and they do what they need to do. There are some people who hate on students because, or let me say this, they exhibit syllabus hate because students are sticking to the guide that they were given for their course to keep them on track. It's crazy, but some people hate that in the academic learning environment. Some students could be upset because another student is sticking to the syllabus and they're not even in the same class, not even taking the same course, but there they go. Always sticking to the syllabus. They are hating. Then there are some educators who exhibit syllabus hate because they have to teach from a guide to keep them on track, and they don't want to follow the educator, the facilitator, the teacher's assistant, whoever it may be who's in a leadership position for that course, who the students are following. Those educators, teachers, whatever they may be, They don't want to follow the syllabus because, as I said, it keeps them on track. It's a guide to keep them on track. The syllabus serves as a light. And then they don't even want to follow the leadership they're underneath, who they're supposed to be submitting to properly, so they can lead effectively. And then there are some outsiders who exhibit syllabus hate, who are similar to students who are enrolled in the academic institution, They're just not taking the same courses as someone else. And they could exhibit syllabus hate. But then there are some people. They're not even on a campus. Not even on the school premises. They're not enrolled at all. They don't even care to go to school. They don't care to enroll in a course to learn anything. They don't care. They'll never take the course at all. But they exhibit syllabus hate because... Somebody is following a syllabus. Somebody is sticking to something. Somebody is trying to work towards a goal. And then they see the fruit of someone sticking to something, someone exhibiting consistency, somebody sticking to the syllabus. They see the fruit of that, as well as the rewards that person is experiencing, which could be, Knowledge, insight, a new way of looking at things, rerouting what they've been doing, changing things up. But this outsider, they see me, you know what? They, They make an honor roll. They got a certificate, a sticker, a badge, a pen, a ribbon, a diploma, a degree, a certificate. I don't like that. They are exhibiting syllabus hate. Now, I know I've used and I will continue to use the academic setting, but let's step outside the academic setting real quick into life. How a person can stick to a syllabus, stick to a guide, stick to some instructions, stick to some rules, stick to some procedures, stick to some requirements, stick to some goals, God-honoring goals, that is, Stick to that, and you have some people who will experience syllabus hate. You know what happens on the job. I don't care what job you have. You could be a stay-at-home parent, not even in a corporate setting. You could be at home, in your room, cleaning up. You could be sweeping the floor, taking the trash out putting Q-tips on the counter, putting toothpicks in the pantry or the table, unloading groceries to put in your refrigerator. Do you know? Because that's a job. Whether you're a stay-at-home parent, caregiver, stay-at-home spouse, whatever, whatever it is. And in addition to you're working in a corporate setting where people are, a building, a business, whatever it is. That's why I said it happens on the job. I just don't want it to be where someone thinks that it's a job where people are around, a whole bunch of people. You could be at home caring for someone, and you're the only person in the house at that time. That person went somewhere to go do something, so you're in the house by yourself. You're on the job. Do you know you will endure or go through somebody exhibiting syllabus hate towards you while you're putting Q-tips on a counter? Do you know that? Because somebody out there is upset that you're following the guide and following the instructions to make that possible where you can put some Q-tips on a counter. Respond to an email. They're upset about that. Because you follow guidelines in order to do what you do. They see the fruit of that, which is peace. Promotion. Respect. Integrity. But somebody out there. And you most likely know who the person is or who the people are. Who are exercising syllabus hate towards you? uh, Because you stick to a syllabus. And you know why they hate on you? It's because either they don't want to follow the syllabus for their job, their assignments. And they hate what their life looks like because they refuse to follow the guidelines. So they just rather hate on somebody else who's doing what they need to do. They're upset because the guideline, the syllabus, exposes what they fail to do and what they are not sticking to. See, the person experiencing syllabus hate on the job could be an employee, a neighbor, a boss, a manager, a parking lot attendant, somebody who... Just taking tickets when you leave the job. Could be a crossing guard. It could be somebody at a whole different building who doesn't even work at the building you work at. Or the institution or business you work at. Just somebody random. Who's hating on you because you are sticking to the syllabus and you are producing results. You're producing fruit. And... The fruit is a paycheck. The fruit is you walking in integrity. You're getting assignments completed and turned in. But there's somebody, whether it be within the business, the company, the house, the neighborhood, whatever it may be. It could be them or somebody who's not even there. They could be hating on you. And most likely they are. Hating on you because you are... Sticking to the syllabus. And they're upset because they don't like sticking to the syllabus, as I said, and they rather play games. They rather do that than stick to the syllabus. And just sticking to the syllabus is so much easier than trying to create and cultivate a game so they can manipulate or exercise syllabus manipulation where they think they can get over. It was better off they just stick to the syllabus, but nah, they don't wanna do that. They wanna play games and try to put you in the game. Tag your hit! I'm trying to mess up your character. I'm not playing. I'm not playing the game. (sighs) Another example: stepping outside of the academic environment, you have some people who are upset within families. Within families, there's a guideline in the family where God-honoring rules and procedures and ways are supposed to be executed within that family unit, following the head of that family unit or that household, listening to the members of that family, going in the direction God has for that family to go. Sad to say, but even within families, whether it be a immediate family or relatives, whatever it may be, there are some people within that family tribe, unit, household. It could be who exhibit syllabus hate. Why? Because for some as it relates to relatives, they can't get over and people within the house, they can't get over. They're not doing what they need to do. (laughs) So they hate when other people do what they need to do. And they create confusion because they can't do what they want to do apart from the syllabus. And if they do anything apart from the syllabus, they receive syllabus correction. And now they want to go tear things up. And then they don't realize that they have to retake the course. So they're going to stay in that course for as many years as they need to stay in that course. They're not going to be promoted to the next grade level until they stick to the syllabus. So then you start hearing trash like this oh, I feel like a prisoner. I don't oh, I feel like a prisoner. Oh, I just can't do this. What gives? I'm getting out of here. All y'all do is side with that person. Y'all just, y'all don't listen to me. You, you don't, you don't understand. You keep siding with them. Oh, I can't wait to leave here. Okay. You're not going nowhere because you are delayed, detained, and you had to be held back because you're not doing the assignments to move forward, elevate, be promoted. So, you're gonna stay stuck. Not you, but this person that we're referring to, that we know about. You know, everybody knows at least one. But, um, that. They're not moving forward. Why? Because they don't stick to the syllabus and they hate the syllabus. And instead of saying, I hate this syllabus, they create these deflectors and distractions because they don't want to do it. And nobody's moving forward until the assignment is complete. It's not happening. And the assignment is obedience. The assignment is doing what God put in place for one to stick to and follow so they can move on, move up. But when a person hates the syllabus, they hate the lesson. They hate the progression. They can't move on. They just can't. You have some churches, not all churches. I'm talking about the select few where there are some people within that church who won't follow the syllabus. There are some people at church who will not follow the syllabus. They won't follow God's syllabus, first off. They hate that. They hate God's word. And most likely they won't come out and say that they hate God's word. But their actions and defiance and the manipulation and the craftiness and the wickedness clearly shows they hate God's syllabus. Because they're bringing everything God told them not to bring into his house. They keep bringing it in there. Because they want to introduce another syllabus. That should not even be introduced or brought near the house of God. They refuse, these select people, they refuse to follow God's syllabus in his house. Just think about you. You have a set of rules in your house, in your dwelling, that you've established. That's the syllabus. You have a guide, whether it's written or not, Whether it's posted or not, whether you gave people a copy when they walked through the door or not, it's the syllabus established in your spot. When people come into your spot, they learn over time, depending on how many times they come to your spot, what's acceptable and what's not, what's expected and what's not, what's allowed and what's not. They learn the assignments that they can submit to you, if it's acceptable or not. Just imagine somebody coming to your house, and it's probably already been done to you. Somebody coming to your house, coming to your spot, wanting to introduce their way of doing things, and they're a guest. And they are not even going to be at your house that long. But they're telling you what you need to do, how you need to do it. I'm just going to change up this whole thing. This, this is what I want to do here. What do you do? You kick them out. They failed the course. The course of coming to your spot, being a decent guest. They failed that course. And the consequences of failing that course is syllabus correction of you're expelled. You can't come back over here. Expulsion. We're done. Now, if it's wrong to do at your house, you already know it's wrong to do in God's house. If it's wrong to do in your house or your place of employment, your business, you already know it's wrong to do in someone else's business, their house of employment. If it's wrong to do in your house, you already know it's wrong to do in a classroom. Well, the teacher is running that that house, that educational house, so to speak, for that particular course. Leadership, submitting to leadership the right way. But as I said, you have some people who do this at church. They'll go inside of a church where God's presence is holy. The atmosphere is to be reverenced and respected. But some people are coming there with their own agenda that has nothing to do. It's not even staying within the scope of the syllabus. And anybody following the syllabus the right way in God's house, they'll hate the people who are following the syllabus the right way. Because what happens? The syllabus serves as a boundary and a parameter. And if people are sticking to it, it blocks them out. They are blocked out. The people who are doing stuff, they have no business. They're blocked out. They can't come in. And then they want to run. They want to get out, which is good because they do need to get the hell up out of there. Because what they're bringing is hell. Straight hell. Same thing for your house. People need to get the hell up out your house. Because what they're bringing is hell. It's righteousness there. And they want to bring hell? No, you get the hell about my house. Get the hell about my business. Get the hell up out of my relationships. Get the hell up from around me. You see? It's not a game. People want to try to violate the syllabus. That's what they want to do. And when they can't violate the syllabus the way that they want to, when they can't bring their hellish ways, their hellish thoughts, their hellish plan, and their hellish syllabus, they hate the syllabus. They hate it. In every capacity, every area, and every aspect. And what happens is, is when a person is exhibiting syllabus hate, A syllabus separation occurs. Y'all remember that episode? The syllabus separation is okay, somebody's hating on the syllabus, but the separation is who's gonna stick with it and who's gonna go to the hating side. The aim is to stick with the syllabus. Because if anybody's hating on it, the separation is bound to happen. Somebody, if they're sticking to the syllabus, they're going to be hated because they exhibit discipline, determination, and dedication. And the person who is hating, the person who is exhibiting syllabus hate, it's going to come out of their mouth. I said this earlier in some way, shape, or form. It's going to come out of their mouth. It's going to come out through their actions. Something's going to happen where they're going to expose their syllabus hate. They're going to expose it because what's in a person's heart Even if they try to hide it, and they can hide it to the best of their ability for years, months, days, weeks. They can try to hide what's in their heart. But what's in that person's heart is going to come out of their mouth every time. It's going to come out. And they're going to expose that, man, I hate the syllabus. That's what it is. Whether it be a set of rules or God's word, they're going to expose it. Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 34th verse. And this is the King James Version. It says, O generation of vipers. If y'all hear anything in the background, somebody is cutting grass, blowing grass. They're getting it right, okay? They are getting it right. So, Matthew the 12th chapter and the 34th verse says, King James Version, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. All right. This is Matthew the 12th chapter and the 34th verse. And this is the Passion Translation. Okay. It says, But you who are known, as the Pharisees are rotten to the core like venomous snakes. How can your words be good if you are rotten within? For what has been stored up in your hearts will be heard in the overflow of your words. Okay, now we heard the King James Version. We heard the Passion Translation. Now let's listen to the message translation of Matthew, the 12th chapter, and the 34th verse. It says, You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words Season after season, an evil person is a blight on the orchard. Now let's go to the amplified version of Matthew, the 12th chapter in the 34th verse. I've been reading the same scripture with different translations. Okay, this is the amplified. You offspring of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil, wicked, wicked, For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I just read one verse, one statement, one promise from the divine syllabus himself, Jesus. Because Jesus is the word of God made flesh. And Jesus, the divine syllabus himself said, What is stored in one's heart will be heard in the overflow of their words. So you see how a person's heart can be projected on a big screen just based off of what they say? If a person hates the syllabus or if they have syllabus hate and they hate somebody who's following the syllabus... Their words are going to expose their heart. It's going to expose them. They can act like, oh, I just love people who follow the syllabus. No, in due time, their words are going to expose it. It happens all the time. That's why you hear people say, Yeah, I mean, I knew this and that about a person or this and that about a business, man, because of what they said, man. The red flags were there all the time. See, for them to say that, they heard something someone said that alarmed them. It served as an alarm for them to see what that person was about. But they went on with the facade instead of the word. Mm, mm, mm. that's deep. <laughs> people go with the illusion than the word, the syllabus, God's word. No, listen to what people are saying. Listen to what's coming out of people's mouths as it relates to whether they hate on you or they hate who you serve, God. Or if they hate what God is telling you to do. It's not the time to convince them. Hey, you know, no, don't, don't exhibit syllabus hate. No, don't do that. No. mm You can pray for them. But you'd be wasting your time if they've already said it out of their mouth. It already originated in their heart. It's been there. It's been there. Listen to their words. They will, these individuals who hate the syllabus, they hate what God told you to do, where God told you to go, where God told you to be. They hate it. They're expressing an intense dislike and disgust about what God has you doing. Are you going to stop following the syllabus because they hate it and their words were something you didn't want to hear at the time? Mm Mm-mm. You keep going. What I want to do now is target in on the example of the academic setting. Using examples of how a person can hate on you in a course you're enrolled in academically. And then show how it's similar to how people hate on you as you're enrolled in your life's course. And I targeted in on a few of these earlier, but I'm going to address them again. All right. Okay. Number one, a person can or a teacher if it's an academic learning environment, this is an example, a teacher can hate on another teacher for sticking to the syllabus. Let's step outside of the academic setting for a quick minute. Let's say you're on a job and you're not an educator, but if you are, you can still see this point, but you could be sticking to your assignment, sticking to your plan, sticking to the proposal, sticking to the policy, Sticking to the requirement, sticking to the due date, sticking to the syllabus. And another teacher, employee, colleague will hate you because you're sticking to what you're supposed to stick to. We're jumping back into the academic learning environment, but think about your life and where this applies, okay? So we have two teachers, this is an example, two teachers teaching two similar courses One instructor is sticking to the syllabus. That instructor who's sticking to the syllabus is yielding promising results individually as an educator. And their students are yielding progressive results because they're advancing properly. Everybody in that classroom, in that course, is doing what they're supposed to do. But across the hall, next door, is another teacher teaching the same material, they have the same syllabus, but that instructor is not following the syllabus. Their leader gave them to follow for their professional expectations and requirements and for the development and advancement of the students. The teacher who fails to follow the syllabus hates the syllabus, and the teacher hates any other educator, colleague. Sticking to the syllabus for a number of reasons. One could be the teacher hates the syllabus because the syllabus requires them to follow a set of rules and guidelines in a timely, orderly fashion. And this teacher who is exhibiting syllabus hate, they don't like doing things in a timely manner. They can't stand order. So they just figure they'll do things their own way. And every day the classroom is out of order. The students feel like they can do things their own way. The teacher doesn't get respect, why? Because the teacher sowed that. They didn't sow order and leadership and submit to authority. So that's what they got back from their students. The teacher didn't respect their leader, their boss's position. And the students don't respect their teacher's position. And the teacher can start sticking to the syllabus, but they don't want to because uh, if I stick to the syllabus, then I can't do what I want to do. And yeah, I know my classroom is out of order, students running amok doing whatever they want to do, but I'd rather let it be this way so I can at least blame them for what they're not doing and they could be seen as a distraction 'Cause I, I really don't wanna start putting stuff together and putting stuff in place because it required too much work and I ain't trying to do all that. They don't pay me enough. See? And when people don't stick to the syllabus just in this example or in any example if you applied correctly, but if an instructor who hates the syllabus, they can't go take that same syllabus and go to a professional learning. What event or training session where professional educational conversations are taking place? They can't talk about what they implement and what they do and how they improve stuff. They don't do it. They can't contribute to that conversation. Although they'll try, it won't work. (laughs) And even if they're wearing the mask as if they are sticking to the syllabus, Their words are going to expose them. If y'all listen to God, Me, and the Dissertation, it's one episode entitled Think Before You Speak. And I was talking about a situation where me, another colleague of mine, his name is Dissertation Desperado, that's his code name, but that man did not stick to the syllabus at all when it was time to write that dissertation. He was doing what he wanted to do his way. And he thought whatever he had going on trumped the syllabus. It trumped the instructors or our academic, not advisor, but our department, was not department chair, what is it called? Dissertation chair. What he wanted to do and what he wanted to implement in his way was better than the dissertation chair's way. And the dissertation chair was guiding him from the syllabus he gave us for that course as we were writing our dissertation. Make a long story short, if you listen to the episode, I went into detail with it. That man started saying stuff he had no business saying. And he exposed what he really does as an educator on his campus, he was a principal. He could contribute to the conversations, sounded great, but even within that conversation he started exposing what he doesn't do and how he doesn't stick to the syllabus. And it was horrible. The man talking about he, he beats kids and then disclosed that when the authorities Were contacted and brought on campus, how he just switched it up and put the blame on another principal, another instructor, but he was the mastermind behind it. Said said all of this. Said it. And when he said it, I was over there like, man. And I want to go pull up those reports. It's in the news. The news crew, team, station. Went up to the school, interviewed him and the people involved, and the parents, and the children. It's in written form, and for somebody to go to YouTube and type in, da 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 and he pops up. Dissertation Desperado. But that whole scenario shows how he hated the syllabus because he wouldn't follow it. He didn't follow it on his job. As an educational administrator, and he did not follow the syllabus within the classroom setting as a student working on his dissertation. You see this? And it all came out of his mouth. Another reason a teacher could hate a syllabus is because I just targeted in on this, but... That syllabus requires them to submit to authority. And they don't want to submit to authority. They don't, they don't, no, 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 no. They think they know it all. Just like Dissertation Desperado knew everything. But the fruit of their classroom, the fruit of their campus, the fruit of their assignments, the fruit of what comes out of their mouth clearly exposes that they don't know what they think they know. And they need a shepherd. They need help. They need a guide. They need a syllabus. (laughs) Another reason that a teacher could hate the syllabus is it requires the instructor, the educator, the teacher, to put in effort. And they could be used to doing things... Not fully. They have do everything. And then they have do everything on purpose. So the syllabus exposes their failure to follow through with things. They probably were getting away with something, misusing school funds, stealing, beating children, not completing their job description effectively as expected or required. And They have another teacher following and sticking to the syllabus and they can't stand that syllabus because that syllabus is exposing them and that syllabus will reveal their motive. Remember I told y'all sometime in this series, I think it was in the beginning, about how I had a teacher, professor who served as a dean And this woman was a straight-up demoniac, demoniac, straight demon maniac. And I told y'all how she would do some just vile stuff. She was disrespectful. She was a thief. And she did not stick to the syllabus. And she felt that, okay, if I'm a dean, I don't have to do that. This was in undergrad she felt like she didn't have to do anything because she's the dean. So she not only tried to do me in along with two or three other students, when a professor found out what she was doing and how she was not sticking to the syllabus, the professor came and snatched me and the other two to three students away from her. Now, she didn't see it, on the front end she found out about it later but the teacher snatched us up and started sticking to the syllabus that woman that dr disrespectful demoniac that woman started disrespecting the woman or the professor who came and snatched us up because she was sticking to the syllabus and she hated the syllabus and she hated the instructor for following the syllabus and she hated us because we had a syllabus to stick to she hated it. She started creating all kinds of problems because she didn't want to be exposed for what she was not doing. And she was already exposed because it, it was horrible. It was horrible. It'll take days for me to break that stuff down, but it was horrible. But although it was horrible the whole, what, I went through that for two years with that particular lady, Nothing that she did and tried to do, it didn't prosper for me, the other two to three students, and the professor she was upset about because everybody was walking in syllabus progression and process, but she was the only one walking and operating in syllabus hate. But nothing she did worked in the grand scheme of things. She formed weapons, but they didn't prosper. You see how Isaiah, the 54th chapter and the 17th verse, is at work when a person yields to God's syllabus. Another reason a teacher could hate the syllabus is because the syllabus puts them in check and it keeps boundaries in place, not only for their benefit, but for the benefit of the students. So it keeps everybody in place and holds everybody accountable. I remember when I was in seventh grade, I was in a PE, physical education class, And I was in this P.E. class for around two to three months. And then one day, all of a sudden, the P.E. teacher that I thought was my instructor, she pulls out 15 students from that original class and says to us, y'all go stand against the wall. Y'all have a new P.E. teacher now. So I'm thinking, why? You know, and then it's a packed class. Why you just pull out 15 students? And now that I'm grown, I know it was some mess probably going on with the teachers and the students were impacted. But the original P.E. teacher calls my name along with the 14 other students and tells us to go sit against the gym wall. And then 15 to 20 minutes pass, our new P.E. teacher shows up. Now, she wasn't new to the campus. She was already a P.E. teacher. And she didn't even teach during that class period at Tom Slot. I'd always see her walking around. But we're told on this particular day, this is y'all's PE teacher. And the lady looked like, its no disrespect to her, but she looked like Candy on Hulu. Y'all know this show. <laughs> she looked just like her. But she didn't have any glasses, though. And she had a big afro. She had a big afro. But she looked just like it. So she walks in and she says, yeah, I'm y'all's, you know, new teacher. And when y'all come to class, y'all don't sit with the class anymore. I need y'all to dress out and go to this section or this part of the gym. And I was upset because I said, well, what's going on? Why, why are we being pulled? And this look like a, this don't even look like a class, man. This look like a little focus group or like a some kind of study or something. I was upset. I was upset that I was pulled out the large to be a part of this little group. I was really upset about that. So every day, this went on for about two weeks. When we were pulled, we'd dress out as the teacher advised us to. And then we'd go sit in that little section of the gym. And we'd have to wait. At least twenty to twenty five minutes for the new p e teacher to show up, and then when she showed up, she's like, Oh, I guess we could do this. It was always an afterthought it it was just it was always an afterthought of what she told us to do. I guess we could do this today. Oh, I guess we could go ahead and do this. Oh, let me take a roll. It was always that kind of attitude, so I just I didn't understand. One day, I go inside, and I see the PE teacher before I go into the locker room. She's in the hallway, the gym hallway. Okay, now I'm in the locker room, and I see her come in there, and then her office was in the back of the locker room. I see her open up the door. I see her sit down, and then it looked like she was focused on something, like she was trying to hurry up and do something So she could come to class on time. So I was thinking, well, hopefully she come to class on time because she always late. Because when you think about how the classes were set up, I've never attended a grade school where there was blocked scheduling. We only had blocked scheduling for standardized testing. And that was far and few between. But every middle school and high school, I only went to one each. But the middle school and high school I went to, every day, seven periods a day. That's just how it went down. So if it's seven periods, and I'm in P.E., seventh grade, we only have so many minutes to dress out when we come in and when it's time to put your clothes back on to go back to the other classes. You only have around 30 to 40 minutes to do any type of physical, I guess, education during that time period. And our instructor, you know, Candy from Hulu, was coming in 25 minutes late. So, what, we only had 15 some minutes to do anything? And taking role was a drag for her. So... This particular day when I saw her in the bag, like she was rushing, I was like, maybe she'll come to class on time. We went and sat out there. That woman did not come to class on time. Now it's about 15 minutes in, and I was fed up. So what I did is I walked to the locker room because the little focus group was unattended. Other PE teachers were looking at us in the gym, but they weren't watching us on purpose. They want to show, hey, y'all's coach is Coach Candy from Hulu, and we don't have nothing to do with that. So I got up, didn't tell anybody anything. Got up, went to the locker room. When I go in the locker room, I hear the coach, Coach Candy, she's on the phone. The office door's opened. She's on the phone. He he ha 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 ha. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what else happened? Talking on the phone. And she didn't have a cell phone. She was on the school phone. Because it was that long curly curly wire. And she was head tilted back. All of that. Laughing. And... She saw me in the doorway because the door was open. So I walked up to the door, and she looked at me, and she motioned to me as if, oh, yeah, 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 here I come, here I come. Go go sit down. And I thought about it, and I interrupted her, and I told her, no, you need to come to the gym and teach me. We are waiting on you, and we've been waiting on you. What's going on? Boy... Coach Candy from Hulu was mad. She was mad, man. She was mad. Her face turned red, and she told me, Excuse me? You go in that gym, and you sit down. So I turned around, and I started walking to the gym. Then I started thinking about what I just did, and I was thinking, Oh, man. I hope she don't call my daddy. Oh, I hope this lady don't call my daddy because I'm already in trouble. Oh, man. And that's all I was thinking as I was walking back to the gym because ever since kindergarten through 12th grade, that's the thing that got me in trouble. Telling an instructor, an authority figure, something that could have been or was right, but the way I said it, the timing, that's what got me snatched up and corrected every year so as I was walking to the gym I was thinking dang it dang it because I know I was right I know I was she did need to come teach me what you doing but since I guess it was coming from a child a student then I appreciate that so I'm sitting in the gym trying to rally up troops in the best way I could you know I could at least tell my daddy, you know. I mean, everybody else in class hit it too. Like she was waiting all day. I just wanted to go see what happened. That, that's all I was doing. That's all. I was... <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. Okay, so I sit down and I'm asking the classmates, you know, don't you think, you know, we've been in here too long waiting for her? Everybody else doing some. Look at the other teachers and the students. They doing that activity. Look at us. What are we doing? I mean, what's going on? When I say the students in my little focus group, they were not concerned. I don't even think they knew time had passed. They were talking and laughing and playing patty cake and messing with people's hair and scrunchies. And when I said, the teacher taking all day, do y'all think this is wrong? They were just in there saying, no, it's cool. I, mean, I just like to chill anyway. It's it's all right. I really don't want to do what they're doing anyway. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. She she's real nice. She's really nice. She always comes. She just has a lot going on probably. I was just so mad at them. I was like, why nobody mad? Be mad. Be mad. Get upset. Hurry up. They wouldn't do it, man. So I had to sit in my own mess. I said, dang. So I'm sitting there. Now Coach Candy from Hulu, she shows up. She comes to the gym. And she says, I need to get everybody's attention. I need everybody's attention right now. Do I have y'all's attention? Everybody was like, yes. She said, I want everybody in this class to know that I apologize to y'all. And I said, whoa, it's a change of events. She says, I apologize to all of you. I apologize. I know I've been assigned to be y'all's new PE teacher, and I haven't been coming in on time. I know that I was wrong for that. I was wrong. I'm wrong for what I've been doing to y'all. I'm wrong. And I'm going to do better by y'all. And I want y'all to know, y'all have my permission. If I'm five minutes late, if I'm more than five minutes late, feel free to come get me out of the locker room, ladies. Ladies, you know how I got the office in the back and, you know, I'm watching y'all and I tell y'all to make us to the gym. If y'all go to the gym and the bell rings and it's been five minutes, feel free to get up and you come get me. But I, I'm going to be in there. Then she turned to me and said, Kenitra? Kenitra, I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset with you at all. I apologize to you. How I responded to you. You didn't do anything wrong. And then she turned back to the class. She says, I'm going to do right by you guys. So when she said that, I said, okay. That's good. See, I'm so glad she was not like Candy from Hulu. Praise the Lord. Oh, where would I be? But... Well, no weapon formed me guess who will prosper. Where would she be is the question. And then she just kept saying, I'm going to do right by you guys. See, based on how everything happened, I understood that Coach Candy from Hulu didn't like something within whatever situation she had going on professionally. And the other PE teachers didn't like something. And because of something that somebody didn't want to follow or something somebody didn't want to do because I'm going off of human behavior and how things happen and looking at it from the vantage point of the other student. And now that I am an adult and I've been in education and I can see certain things and, as I said, just human behavior and what people do, something caused a hiccup in Coach Candy from Hulu's performance. Something happened. Where well, she didn't want to stick to the syllabus. And she started exhibiting syllabus hate through her actions. Coming in, just, uh, we're an afterthought. We, it's the focus group. Oh, I don't want to do this. Uh, you know, it came out. It came out. But it was good that she started to implement the syllabus and corrected her hate for the syllabus. So she could do what she needed to do, following who she was underneath so the people underneath her could follow her. And it turned out to be a decent class when she started sticking to the guidelines because we were able to stick to something. Now I addressed how a teacher can exhibit syllabus hate, but you have some students who hate the syllabus as I went over earlier in the beginning of this episode. And a student can exhibit syllabus hate because they don't want to follow the syllabus. They hate the person who's doing what they are supposed to do because they are getting results. And then you have some students who are enrolled in the course and some who are not. They hate the syllabus because they just want to cherry pick the assignments they want to do. And then they want to wonder Why they don't get the results that they want. They want a passing grade, but they're not doing what it takes to pass. They pick what they want to do, but they are failing. That's what happens when a person doesn't follow something in its entirety. They don't get the full benefit of doing all of the work, the whole thing. In order to get the whole harvest, a person has to sow the whole seed. And as I mentioned earlier, you have outsiders who hate the syllabus because it takes time to stick to a syllabus. And some of these outsiders are people who, as I mentioned earlier, they have not enrolled in the course. They don't want to enroll. But they just hate to see a student following what they didn't even think to do, what they didn't want to do, where they weren't trying to go because they thought, you know, where they are is supreme. It's the best. If anybody else follows that syllabus or goes above them, they'll hate the syllabus. And not only will they hate the syllabus, they'll do anything to distract the student from sticking to the syllabus, because they hate the syllabus so much, and they'll do anything to get that student off track, to dis the student's track, distract them. Now that's something you want to keep in mind. When you're sticking to the syllabus, when you're sticking to doing what God told you to do, you might be surprised of the people who hate you because you're sticking to the syllabus. Alright, I'm going to give you an example, real life occurrence, this might take a minute, and a biblical account referring to overcoming syllabus hate. I might have to go ahead and break this up in two parts. This serves as part one for overcoming syllabus hate. What I've done is gone over what syllabus hate is, why certain people will hate the syllabus. So tune in to part two as I... Finish it up, but thanks for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrabryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Stay tuned for part two. All right, peace and God bless.